How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going right. Oh, P.S. I'm joined by my co-host, as sometimes they don't show up very often, but uh, Demooch. Hey, hello. I am caffeinated. <laughs> yeah, Ready oh, to shit. go. Yeah, you, just prior to the episode, prior to the recording starting, we were uh, we got a, a Mountain Dew Baja Blast um, Zero, I believe, exhibition. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big soda guy, but I, I felt like you know it goes with the spirit of this podcast. Just crack one open. So <laughs> yeah. the only the other thing I would have is you know um, those hard seltzers, which kind of sick of at this point. But yeah, I. I I've know. become basic white bitch enough to be like, I, I love a good white claw. Uh, I got turned on to truly recently because apparently like I can walk over to my, was it Turkey Hill and they just have alcohol there and I could be like, what's up? So like yeah. one time I went at 10 PM, I'm like, I'm getting this case of 12 things. You're like, oh, we're going to have to card you. I'm like, look at me. They're like, that's fair. And then I just walked <laughs> out. <laughs> Isn't it like jarring to see just alcohol at, places in pennsylvania that you don't expect it but every other state it's like yeah that's that's normal <laughs> yeah i i didn't know it was a possibility until i like traveled out of state i'm like what the fuck yeah, right mm-hmm. so i wonder if we have anything cool in pennsylvania the other states are like why don't we have that no 18 varieties of hard pretzels <laughs> you guys have all these potholes that's so cool <laughs> yeah right ironically cheesesteaks yeah, i don't know um maybe pierogies yeah pierogies probably I want to assume that any tasty food is definitely under Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look it up. I just want to hold that feeling in my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely another good food. There definitely is, but I don't know if it's exceptional to us. Um, I was going to say, though, you remarked that this is a a soda drinking podcast, and I'm a little hurt because for years I've been trying to cultivate a casual coffee shop vibe. Um, oh. <laughs> so much so that soiled, like, it. Getting, <laughs> soiled it <laughs> um but no it is actually really funny i would yeah. that's an aside crack open something but all i have are energy drinks and from experience i should not drink those past dinner mm-hmm. unless i'm you know going full gamer 6 p.m cutoff i need to this is why i like having seltzer around because it's very close to soda i can still get enough sweetness it has flavor but then I'm not up until odd hours. See, but the benefit of doing things on a Friday is that you could sleep whenever you want and you don't have obligations the next day, assuming you have a normal five day work schedule. So <laughs> it's true. Right but after I'm, this, I'm going I to love sleep. Coding, so. <laughs> yeah. Caffeination for coding is is much better. Oh Absolutely yeah. Better. I like to hit the ground running with like caffeine and like work stuff ah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's that plus just like a nice playlist on in the background just oh yeah Ooh, a question do you like to do the same playlist or do you just have like a, i just need something in this space lo-fi mm-hmm. or what have you it it depends on my mood sometimes like if i were to start coding right now i'm i'm gonna pull up kenny Loggins. And just like go at it and just like I have the high energy and then that's going to fade out within 10 minutes and I'm going to go to my lo-fi playlist that I just always rely on. But thankfully, <laughs> you know, it it, it uh, mixes it up every now and then. But now I tried to ride the, the hype wave when it arrives because it's very infrequent. 
Yeah, I I understand that. You really have to get on that train. Yeah. Or you almost have to get on the highway, so to speak, to the... Where would you say the highway leads? Uh, the, the construction <laughs> zone, I think. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> better than better than no. Um, yeah, I think for me, if I was listening to music, if it's too much, the more lyrics, and then the more I haven't heard it, the more distracting it is. So fewer lyrics or a song that I already know um, works pretty well for me. So I can get that kind of like you took like tone in on the beat. Um, yeah, and right. that kind of like keeps you motivated, keeps you going, but uh, it's not enough to like distract you necessarily. I say this in the theoretical sense. It's been like years since I was legally allowed to touch a compiler. <laughs> <laughs> been banned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't do podcasts during it. No. So um, that's because it's like literally a new thing. Like your brain's trying to interpret what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. that's why like you can't do like discover weekly in the same way versus like oh yeah. these are my jams because it's like oh it's something familiar on in the background versus wait what did they say or like how'd that song go video discover... game music though oh yeah that always is fantastic to use because it... it's like it's familiar and you get like some nostalgia tingly vibes when like you know something comes up that you weren't expecting and feel good even though you're cast in the hell of codings <laughs> Oh, yeah, we had um, so like uh, at, at the office when Dave and I were working together, we had we would all like pile in a car, go to lunch, usually like two different vehicles or three different, depending on when people were leaving and like straight up just had after Undertale, the Undertale soundtrack there for like a couple of days. And I was like, I don't I just realized it's probably not socially acceptable for me to just have something that's going to make me cry while driving the car, <laughs> like in front of all of the coworkers. So I'll just not do that anymore. But um. Video game OSTs are are, are freaking great. Um, yeah, it's super good. I have, I would argue, probably a third of what is in my car right now because I have like a booklet and like CDs. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, probably a third of those are going to be from video games. Yeah. For but our like, audience, CDs are at least compact three of those discs. Are, <laughs> at least three of those are from Nier. Which is a good um, one. And so I don't good. think I've ever played that, so. Is that something that should be on my to-do list? Yeah. Well, are we talking near or near automata if you were to start one, theoretically? I don't know the difference. You, you, That's a you, tough you question just... to ask someone who <laughs> hasn't played it. Well, I don't know anything about it. You just seem like you're somewhat attached to it. So it's like, all right, well, if Dave likes it, should I try mm. it out? So I will say, like, gameplay and storyline-wise and how everything feels, I just really had a solid experience. I didn't have any other prior experience through those types of games before i played near automata mm-hmm. but shane showed it to me like he showed me the demo and i was like oh this fucking slaps so i picked it up um but i, I do recommend it it is good i could see yeah. you liking it i would play right. specifically automata like not to commit crimes against the near community but like all of the rest of them are a little bit harder to get into or they're just not as polished as automata is even the remake uh, which are they like, gonna are they going to come up with a, another sequel called Pia? It's going to be, it won't make any <laughs> sense. That's the first thing you have to accept when you go into near universe. Okay. It's not going to make any sense. We didn't do an episode on that, did we? We thought about it and then it's like it's a 60 hour long game or something. No, I think we skipped over that. Mm-hmm. But, but we did we actually do near? <laughs> we did the, we did the remake. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, Japanese nonsense story 
basically. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's entertaining. That's the genre. It's not it's not super tropey, which is usually my issue with a lot of JRPGs. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, it's Big Tits Dumb Girl. Oh, it's your best friend. Oh, it's your right. It's just all these things. I'm like, I'm done with anime tropes. Yeah. But I think they do a good job stepping outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been avoiding like those longer games just because of my schedule. So right now it's been Overwatch and mm-hmm. then uh, Hades because, you know, in and out. All right. I'm I'm content. I can... I got some gaming in. I can go back to being productive, but mm-hmm. I'm How looking forward to when I can go back to a story-driven game. Yeah, the Hades Hades story is fucking Hades. trash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like the it's the roguelike yeah. style versus like the the epic. Like you're sitting down, you're saving, you're loading your save type thing. Mm-hmm. I was um, committing the sin of listening to someone else's podcast, a video podcast on YouTube for the authors, Brandon Sanderson and Dan I, uh, Wells is the other guy. And they were talking about Hades, actually. And they had conflicting opinions because Brandon Sanderson is a rational human being and was like, this game <laughs> is freaking amazing. And Dan Wells was like, I couldn't get into it. It had all these issues, you know, whatever. His story wasn't that great and stuff. And he's just kind of sitting back and he's like, yeah <laughs> right like story is not that great there's there's not much of a story there absolutely there is but can't win them all well i don't like whoever this dan wells guy is now <laughs> i think he's a, a horror author uh also but i haven't i haven't read any yeah i would call him a horror for sure <laughs> oh, <wow>. so <laughs> opinion is one for sure we can't we cannot afford to have one more podcast rivalry <laughs> <laughs> New York Times hate us right now. <laughs> oh no, not New York Times. We are the first number two best-selling podcast. <laughs> um, so, what do you like to main on Hades these days? What's your ideal run? Like, if you I see mean, that darkness boon on this weapon, you're like, oh fuck, yeah. yes, pretty much every time because I, I see the darkness boon, I'm like, mm, I, I I much prefer. Uh, well, number one, I hate the gun, the rail gun. What? what? I, I hate it. I know, I know. Uh, it's just, it doesn't spark joy. But mm-hmm. you know, it, sometimes I'll. It all depends on the boons, though, too. You get because you'll start a run, and you're like, eh, you know, I, I, I pick the shield, and I'm not big into the shield. But then you'll get a bunch of boons that are just like, okay, I can be unstoppable with this, and that makes uh-huh. it so much more fun when mm-hmm. things like that occur. So. Um, I can't give you, you know, an exact uh, favorite, but I will just say I just hate the gun because of the the reload <laughs> mechanism. When I get the boon that stopped me from reloading, then I'm like, okay, this is better. But <laughs> eh. yeah, I think the I think the bad weapon or the, the weapons people don't like in Hades are still like there's variants of them that are good or it just takes like a different playstyle a little bit to get into it. There's no like throwaway weapon where it's just like if they didn't have the darkness buff that just gives you the advantage to pick one weapon and instead you could just like truly pick random. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate that because of the quality of weapons the game has. Um, but I will we'll suffer say no guns shield slander. Weaker. Shield is amazing. <laughs> I like throwing shield. I've never used bull rush in my life. Bull rush is it's really good too. I know it's strong. It's, just, it's like you I said, don't think it's, it's outside of my play style, so I don't try it's to It's not the it. most fun, 
but it is just like ridiculously easy to beat the game <laughs> with the shield <laughs> like the shield having invulnerability without getting any of the uh, deflection buffs mm-hmm. at all is just incredibly strong <laughs> just back into a corner and just all right come on at me <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> have one way to go and you're through it <laughs> i'm really still good. uh very much a slut for bow hmm. i like figured out the timing and then when you get the the daedalus hammer buff or boon where it's like hey um you don't even have to charge your shots you're just gonna automatically proc i'm like yo mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah load load the crystals bow was always ridiculously good haven't Hanzo tried to build mm-hmm. yeah there's it's it's all good hades is a good game we had an episode on it it's freaking great um, need to stop bringing it up <laughs> it's good i don't know we haven't talked about it in a while i haven't at least we haven't bit. talked about dark souls <laughs> yeah right game game is trash <laughs> well, yeah. i've never played it so all this podcast was actually founded to drive people away from the dark souls community and that's not that a good job <laughs> really quickly before we move past beverages though i did want to say i had tried something novel recently and i'm sure you guys have seen it but uh liquid death the yeah. fancy looking looks like an alcohol water it's just sparkling water um I've i heard of that really okay i'm gonna mm-hmm. send you or, or or dave could you find a picture of you know what? You can Delegation. search it up yourself. If you just search up Liquid Death, you'll see the logo. It looks like it's an alcohol. The can looks like it's an alcoholic can. But I didn't get like just plain old sparkling water. I got severed lime. Oh, is what severed it's called. lime. Severed lime. Because their whole thing is like, how hardcore can we make this sound while still just being water? Oh my God. So I will say I've had a can... Uh, when Justin and Rachel were up the other day, they brought some for me because I clinically like am always dehydrated. So we're like, oh, let's be hydro homies and get them this. But this will be badass. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty good. It's really good. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to get it, mm-hmm. but like I did enjoy it. So I probably should try other. Didn't realize there had other flavors or varieties. I do recommend the lime. That's the only one I've tried so far. But uh, just a, a, a tall boy lime can. Just it. It's really good. So is this like LaCroix's goth brother? No, it's it's less seltzer. There's okay. just like sparkling. It's just like somebody like blew a raspberry near the water. like, <laughs> And then that's what it is. It's, it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dave spit in my water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my spit is like weirdly carbonated. <laughs> earned the explicit rating. Uh, whoops. No, that's fair. We mark them all explicit. Uh, but yeah, that was my only thing. I just wanted to mention that because I never really try new things, and this was a new thing. Um, that's good. Yeah, Maybe I'm... I'll try and grab if they have it at Sheets. That's where I got it, so I hope so. Okay. <laughs> they probably I like, do. I like, that's when I try like other beverages. I'm like, oh, I'm out at a thing. I'm already going to pick up some food here. Oh, mm. let me just grab a drink from the cooler. Then I'll be like, oh, they have a new flavor of X. Let me try that. Yeah, I was I don't doing... go to a grocery store to be like, I'm going to commit to... 12 of these. I was doing an emergency uh, ice cream run for Jenny. Mm. And uh, I was like, okay, well, now I'll pick out a beverage for myself and then start to look at all the caffeinated beverages, look at the time, realize it's a work week, and redirect it over to water of some variety. <laughs> that's usually I'll my be like, So I had to melt some ice cream and I drank that. It's cold, it was refreshing, it was sweet. Yeah, what type of ice cream was it? Uh, we got the Snickers ice cream bars. 
Oh, uh, okay. So it wasn't like mm. anything with a spoon requirement. Yes. No, no. Yeah, just just the bars. Um, I do like. I mean, everyone I assume likes Ben and Jerry's, but like, man, it's twenty dollars <laughs> per container really? of Ben and Jerry's right now. It's not actually twenty, but it's, it's I think eight at the gas station. Well, that's your problem. You're gonna yeah, the gas yeah, station. Yeah. I've always been the, marked up for convenience. Yeah, the last the last pint we got was only maybe like four bucks. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say, and I'm going to plug my alma mater, but the best ice cream you can ever get is from Penn State's Berkey Creamery. And it's just something I've always grown up with. And mm-hmm. it was it was detriment to my health because it was right next to the business building. So as I'd be walking to class, you know, the giant ice cream store, they might <laughs> make the ice cream right there. But uh, for father's day last year i got my dad some and there was some sort of shipping error and they're like hey you know to to apologize we're just going to send you some ice cream so they sent us ice cream and they accidentally sent us a double batch of it so we had like 16 pints of all this ice cream (laughs) and it's it's really it's really great because you know the the niceness of like a soft serve is that it's soft, whereas the stuff you get at the grocery store tends to be, you know, you got to jab it with your metal spoon. There's no way you're eating that with pick. a plastic spoon, right? <laughs> yeah. So this this comes out like a soft serve ice cream. It's just, it's it's amazing. Uh, and it costs an arm and a leg. So if you thought Ben and Jerry's at the gas station cost <laughs> a lot, this, you know, it, they have to ship it from State College. But if anyone ever gets the chance, highly recommend it if you're like on your way to through you know state college through to pittsburgh or vice versa to philly stop Mm. there it's worth it delicious thank me later i appreciate the plug most of our listeners are from europe and south america though so just so you know (laughs) they might not be in here that's not summer they go on vacation (laughs) where do you want to go penn state (laughs) yeah what do you want to see an ice cream place that is, I, mean, I don't the, hate the idea of food tourism, though. Like a lot of places I would consider going, I'm like, oh, there's this food thing here. Because I'd look at a site and be like, that's pretty. Where are we eating now? Let me <laughs> eat all, near the pretty things. Let me. That's what I'm saying. That's like the number one attraction to just any sort of vacation for me. It's like, okay, where are we going? And I need to make sure that the food there is fantastic because i don't want to have a miserable time i don't want to be ordering you know dominoes every night because that's the only place that has uh food uh mm-hmm. that isn't you know from gr- the grocery store so uh i don't know new york was fantastic because you can't have bad food there because there's so much competition and every place you would try it's just like a new fun experience because they're just they have to be on their their game Right. That sounds I'm, ideal. I'm imagining just going to Italy and you're like, do you guys have any dominoes chains around <laughs> here or something like that? You know, how to get shot instantly. Jake goes like, hey, can, can we can we just down for like a quick meal, like a nice little 30 minute thing? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it, but the marbled brownies. <laughs> Jake's like, well, where are the other toppings on this pizza? All I see is cheese and basil. <laughs> I mean, sometimes a Domino's pizza can slap, but you know, if you have better options, 
It's just mm-hmm. Domino's is always just conveniency and price, right? Yeah. 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 So, we like have one I, down, down the road. So we I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, but I've just gone back to doing carry out because it's so close. Um, and so that's nice. But it's also like loaded pizzas, what Dave was describing earlier. It's just like ingredients and things on top of it. And even if you get just like standard cheese, it's not like um, an Italian pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's thin or anything like that. Um, and you have to spread those out. You're not like Domino's. If you check out with them, they're like, hey, do you want a coupon that you can use within like the next two weeks to order Domino's again? Right. I'm like, who do you think I am? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I have things to do, sir. How dare you? <laughs> Speaking but of I mean, pizza, I wanted to ask. So, Dumud, you've been in the area for a bit. How do you feel about... Redacted pizza name. Just imagine it's better than Papa John's. Are we dogs ever... ourselves? Oh, well, Dog park and pizza, you figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually searching this. I was like, how, how much of this is a docs? I think it is a unique joint. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll cut in the edit. <laughs> um, but I will insert my exact address. In case you're uh-huh. curious, here we go. Let me put the timestamp here just to confuse everybody. <laughs> but anyway, that's a, a pizza place where I have a friend who works there. Uh, I've tried their food once, enjoyed it. I haven't tried too many varieties of their pizza, but I'm curious to try more local pizza joints outside of like chain. Because like I grew up with Domino's. Like anytime we had a college party, that was immediately the go-to. You'd mm-hmm. have your two liter of Pepsi. You get like two varieties of large pizza and then you'd have a whole whole ton of booze separately i remember that remember <laughs> slapping back some... <laughs> yeah. well one time jake said watch this he did a shot of like the garlic butter which is weirdly <laughs> oh, from no. papa john's and then he just did a did a shot of shot of booze yeah <laughs> and he called that's... it booze <laughs> that's me raging uh, garlic butter consumer Real talk, me, that stuff slats. That's good. Yeah, the, the the pizza around here, um, the stuff that I have had, because number one, I obviously work in the well, not obviously, I work in the town that I live in, and ah. every every you know sort of corporate event, <laughs> every corporate <laughs> event, um, it's like how do we reward our employees? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, it's pizza. So there's like two very close uh pizzerias that are within like two blocks of the uh the office and it's all i could describe it is it's pizza it folds it goes in my mouth and i'm satisfied and that's about it it's not really memorable in any way uh nor is it you know special so that's mostly my exposure down here. Now there's probably better pizzas that are, you know, like brick fired, you know, a little bit more artisanal. Um, but I don't find those to be the, the best pizzas, the best pizzas. And I still will say to it this day is from the land of, uh, Jenny, Ian and myself. And, uh, this just, we were spoiled, uh, where we grew up with just so many great pizza options and um, they're all very unique to each other. So coming from uh, a very diverse place like that, even though it was in the middle of nowhere, for whatever mm. reason, they had great uh, <laughs> uh, pizza making skills uh, to like pretty much anywhere else I've been in my life. 
there hasn't been some place that I've been more impressed by, which is odd because, you know, that's sort of uh, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was going to make juxtaposition to what you said about like, oh, New York had like really good food. And you're like, but pizza back home. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you don't eat pizza in New York. Nobody eats pizza. You you can't compare the two, (laughs) right? It's like a town of maybe 5,000 people versus New York City. Of course, there's going to be some some differences there. But, you know, the uh, pizza restaurant per capita ratio, the quality was very high. So... Um, I'm sure if you sort of did some sort of math with the uh, uh, population of New York City, you'd get on a similar level. So they could be equal in that manner, but I, I get it. Yeah, I was I was going to say uh, one one shout out. And this one actually isn't even a docs because it's probably the second most popular name for a pizza place. Nick's Pizza. Um, Dave and I went Yo. there when we worked together. And like they had, they did the deluxe pizza stuff. So they had like cheese steak, and they had like honey chicken with like banana peppers, and they had cheese steak, and they had That's like wild. chicken bacon ranch and all this stuff. Um, and it was just so good. Like you were talking about how like companies order pizza. And I don't know why that's like so much of a go. I guess it's because people like pizza and they don't want to just give money out. But um, like I was not really ever upset when it was like all right we got to work over lunch we're going to order nicks um that was good well no no utensils Mm. price per person is low clean up pretty easy so you know even getting sandwiches that can get a little more involved because then it's like okay well some people don't like mayo some people want oil so we're gonna have sides over here and then you end up getting so many picky people that the only thing they come with is bread and the meat and then all the toppings are off to the side and you're yeah. building your own sandwich and it's like, why did I pay for food if I got to make it myself? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's way easier to do something in bulk. And pizza's not really catering. It's just like, here it is, done. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's very much a the only the only people you screw over when you order pizza are those that are lactose intolerant. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else, you're basically okay. And tomato uh, pie, that's big. That's true. I will say, I do not like tomato pie. I feel like it's bread with sauce, and we can do better <laughs> as a society. <laughs> and you know what I have had it, I felt underwhelmed. I had queued up. What you're not a fan of bread and sauce, Dave? And then you literally said bread and sauce, and no, my follow up is ruined. Well, it says something a lot about the sauce, though, right? The sauce has to carry it. So if you're going to select yeah. the cheese, then you got to put in the effort with the sauce. But it's just mm-hmm. like red sauce, right? I'll fucking dip pita and hummus all day. Mm-hmm. I'll do various stuff, but like the tomato pies I've had up until now just haven't had that good sauce. I'd say. Right. Maybe it exists. I, Maybe I'm out there to be proven wrong. I think out of all of the things that I would like attached to the word pie, tomato is the least favorable. Well, amongst food. I'm going to put the qualifier <laughs> on there. We did say that we hit the explicit modifier. Shit, amongst pie. food. <laughs> <laughs> but like whoopie pie? Hello. What's up? I'm down. Lemon meringue. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. good. Pumpkin. Apple. Apple's kind of basic. But uh, strawberry rhubarb. Also good. So good. Peach? A peach cobbler. Actually, if it's called peach pie, nobody cares. But if it's a cobbler. I want to pull back to something because uh, (laughs) 
Dave said something about, you know, what other type of sauce would you want other than like red sauce, which made me think of an alternate sauce at a different style of restaurant. But um, you two are familiar with Plaza Azteca, correct? Yes. Yeah. You just dox the United States. <laughs> it doesn't narrow anything down. <laughs> well, um, I don't know how many people know, but there's always that that secret sauce that they supply or they can supply uh, for the table with the chips, the, the white sauce. Mm. I don't know how many people are familiar with it. I'm not. But it's fantastic. Um, you have to order it every time. I don't know what exactly is in it. It's some sort of like, I don't know, like a spicy, more like uh, sour cream. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just amazing. Like a queso? No, it's not a queso. It's it, it's it's, it's kind of like a, a weird weird sort of ranch. Okay. And uh, next time you go there, and this is to all you listeners as well, if you're not familiar with it. When you sit down and they're like, okay, here's your here's your chips, and then here's your very basic salsa that's always a little bit too watery. Yeah. And say, hey, can you get us the the white sauce for the chips? And they'll they'll know what you're talking about and they'll go out and get it. Mm-hmm. It makes the entire meal experience so much better. And it's the free part of the meal. So This is actually really the- funny. Because the last place I went to go eat was with Dave to Plaza Aztec. <laughs> like I haven't that 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 is the most recent. So this is very topical and also. Now I'm we kind gotta of go again and ask for this secret white sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just be like, can I have some of your secret white sauce? <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to ask for. And like if you look if you look it up online, people there are like threads, people talking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And um I'm sure if you're nice to the waitress and you ask okay what exactly is in it because it is kind of weird just be like hey i would like the the white sauce the mystery white sauce yeah um, i'd be worried that i'd get either get somebody new who's like what and then i'm trying to explain <laughs> yeah. like no it's a secret thing like you should know about it and yeah, like, yeah. Though, i don't even know what i'm asking for <laughs> right. i've and, heard and about odd. it i haven't gotten it it's odd because like you hear like online about like secret menu items and whatnot and it's like is it really secret if you know it's on the internet but this is the only time in my life i've ever like regularly asked for a quote-unquote secret menu item and it worked and it paid off nice i'm gonna start doing this at all restaurants to see what they come back with <laughs> if you ask for the secret white sauce <laughs> hey can i get some of that uh, secret sauce on the side thanks <laughs> yeah it's just like a taco bell or a taco <laughs> bell probably well they have jalapeno ranch where you can actually get on things but yeah whatever stuff they put i think on so- no inside the chicken burritos i really like hmm. I think it's some type of jalapeno ranch. Yeah. That yeah. If you, if you ever go to mobile order, it like hasn't worked great for me, but you get to see the sheer amount of customization options and you're like, I am really missing out on my customization <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be funny to imagine that question in a lot of different, you know, restaurants and, and options like McDonald's asking for the secret white sauce is probably not the right play. Why does your KFC best bet have is, tartar sauce? Yeah, I was going to say your best bet is you get tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> or mayonnaise. Really missing, missing the fast food days now. Mm-hmm. I want to go to an Arby's again. I'll say it. I want There's some... one very close to me. Hey. Have I told you guys, uh... <laughs> have I told you guys the Arby's story? I don't think so. No, I don't think. I didn't realize there was a story associated with Arby's. Okay. So... Um... This story always makes me laugh, so I'm, 
I, I apologize ahead of time. So um, Arby's used to have a, a deal, a five for five deal, where yeah. you'd get a ridiculous amount of food. Um, you know, it, you get a regular roast beef sandwich. A regular person would be fine just eating one, maybe two max. I had a friend who would order five roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> and he thought it was would be funny to uh, order five, five for five orders. So he had 25 roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> what in the world? So this is in uh, a mall. Uh, so there's no drive-through. It's an Arby's actually uh, where, where Jenny's from. Uh, in in the mall there, what and uh, so he's he's stuck with twenty five roast beef sandwiches and nowhere to go because he's in the mall he can't take it anywhere so he just has uh, a tray full of roast beef sandwiches piled up with his friends and they're just they're just you know trying to get the, get this down. Uh, this is towards like the end of the business day and uh, there's only one other person in the restaurant, so uh, they're getting ready to close and uh, they're like trying to scarf down all this this food and the one person they have the the, the employees asking okay hey we're closing in like five minutes mm-hmm. find out the one person who's other in the in the restaurant is dead uh oh. so uh, and he's uh sort of you know closer to the exit than they were and there's only uh one really main exit so they still have food to eat. They can't take it anywhere. And there's a dead guy <laughs> just there. So, you know, the ambulance gets called and uh, the paramedics come. And it's, it's, you know, sad in reality, but it's also, they're, they're stuck just eating these roast beef sandwiches, watching this guy get <laughs> carted away. And it's, it's the stupidest story. And I'm like, why would you put yourself in that sort of danger of, having this liability of 25 Arby's roast beef sandwiches <laughs> and it's it, 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 it's dumb but it, it 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 makes me laugh every time I think about it I wonder like what do you have to do to end up in that specific layer of Dante's Inferno <laughs> where it's like you have to eat 25 roast beef sandwiches <laughs> while paramedics drag a guy out it was an unforgettable <laughs> meal for sure I wasn't even there and it's like every time I hear Arby's I think of that story yeah I mean, to be fair, he wasn't going to finish his fries. <laughs> well, also, I'm surprised that the other guy was the one that died. You'd think the guy that's eating 25 roast beef yeah, sandwiches right. would yeah. be the one. Like, what the fuck did the other guy have where he's just like, oh, my body's done now? Was he? Mm-hmm. Did he have a pre-existing condition? Or was it like the, the Arby's just sent him over the edge? Right. I... I, the way you were setting up that story, I was just imagining this as like a focal point along world lines. And there was a lot of humorous alternatives like the <laughs> the ambulance personnel come in and like you offer them some of the roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you're, you're sitting there peacefully. And my friend was probably like 17, 18 at the time, you know, the whole uh, you're in the middle of puberty and you just can eat your your weight and, and food. And not a gain, gain a, a single pound. And you know, their paramedics are there trying to get this guy off a seat, and you're just peeling back the wrapper as quietly as possible <laughs> to eat another roast beef sandwich. Yeah, yeah I, I, I imagine facing everything that's going on here. Yes, you know, it, he was pure <laughs> observer mode. Yeah, right. I don't think like once that starts happening, you can be like, "Oh, let me just turn away and quietly." You're just like, this is <laughs> happening. 
in the background. You're just like nervously checking what was he eating. Oh, he's having the mozzarella sticks. Thank God. Okay, we're good. No one's going to yeah. touch those. <laughs> it's like airplane. Like everyone had the fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. We got to watch the airplane at some point. It's, I keep, have you seen uh, it before? I have. Well, yes, I think. I've either seen it or I've seen watch almost the entire clips. movie on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like, um, but uh, I don't know. It's It's so good. Have you guys been on an airplane recently since no. the Backstreet Boys event? What? <laughs> in, I haven't in, been on an, an airplane in three, four years. No, I also have. It's been literally forever. I think 2017. Just Where for reference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the Backstreet Boys tour, I believe, was a, a reference that Game Grumps was using rather than saying pandemic every time. They're like, oh, yeah, ah, Backstreet okay. Boys tour is going on oh no <laughs> those coincided presumably yeah that that's Around what brought time. on the pandemic it oh, was the return of boy bands <laughs> <laughs> who's got covid everybody <laughs> yeah oh no. i can only make that joke because i keep hearing that fucking commercial on youtube i don't want your fucking phone get out of here <laughs> i don't know who See you your... are tiktoker stop it your issue there is having commercials on youtube Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he wants around to, that. I like to support, to support the community. <laughs> <laughs> if if we skip YouTube ads, people are going to skip our ads. And I mean, you guys do do get our ads, right? <laughs> yeah. <I'm gonna> <laughs> One person's like, "Oh God, did I not <laughs> get your free seven day trial of Crunchyroll?" At wait, never mind. I should know this entire obvious audience has a Crunchyroll uh, account, so uh-huh. that, that 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 doesn't work. Yeah, I just saw recently that uh, Game Grumps had their ten-year anniversary. Yeah, which I, I, I guess well. is—I assume that's like of Aaron and Dan, or is it of Game Grumps? As no, a whole? it as a whole. It was okay. As a whole. So, still, it's been a decade, which is crazy. Oh yeah, I remember watching way back, <laughs> dating myself, but <laughs> when it was just like an early thing, I'm like, oh, it's two funny people playing video games and laughing and having a time, and that was at the time a very novel concept. But I remember like watching so many of the Sonic 06 episodes mm-hmm. where they had like 125 at least. Uh, and then watching like the the animations of the I can't I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think those are those are two two of my favorite uh, types of outtakes. Also, like the community around Game Grumps is great, like watching Game Grumps animated. And mm-hmm. just the creators for that stuff, freaking amazing. But like a game that's so boring that they have to entertain themselves talking about something else, yeah. or just like sheer unadulterated pain <laughs> from the game itself. Those <laughs> are like the two the two highlights. <laughs> I think the most recent thing I watched from them was like their Monopoly gameplay, and as you said, it was just unadulterated pain of mm-hmm. just. Uh, Dan kept kept on getting just like uh, the worst community chest, just constantly <laughs> taxed and, and jailed. <laughs> I don't are those community chest options. It's been like a, a hot minute since I played Monopoly, but that's you, a lot more hardcore than I remember. Effects, right? Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's I mean we we live in a Monopoly world, so uh, <laughs> I don't need to play it as a, as a as a board game. I'm just trying to keep passing go. You know what I mean? Right. Give me my two hundred dollars, and I'll see you in a week. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna do it anymore. Two hundred dollars, just uh, it's like what a pint of ice cream 
at uh, <laughs> and we're back on the ice cream. <laughs> I was going to say it's a, it's a video game, a pre-ordered video game. Not too far off in Australia. They're really expensive there. Yeah. And I think their money's also worth more. That's true. No. No. <laughs> That's incorrect, Dave. USD is <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you look at anything like Australian-wise and, and where you go into finances, uh, everything is very expensive there for, for many reasons. So you'll see one of the things I've always have my, my finger on the pulse is, is Lego. And you'll have a Lego set that is 200 US dollars and it'll be $479 in like uh, Aussie dollary dues. Um, yeah, because think- of shipping logistics and whatnot yeah that was so that's part of it but like video games don't have scarcity in the same way like if you're digitally releasing a game they're just more expensive in australia i looked it up conversion rate as of right now one us dollar is 1.44 australian dollars but so point to demuch he's correct dave Mm -hmm. was wrong and i was technically also wrong because i agreed with dave instantly um we were like but like Dave has an inherent financial background. <laughs> uh, let me see. What's the retail price for a game? Because in the U.S. it's what sixty now. I assume sixty for like a new release of a major title on like latest gen consoles platforms. So how how much do you think a game costs in Australia? I I assume eighty bucks. Yeah, I would assume eighty. I think it's AUD. Is yeah, what they abbreviate. Mm-hmm. That's very close. Eighty nine to one hundred and five dollars. Jesus. Uh, of, uh, Do they have any like uh, restrictions? I swear they had some sort of uh, like violence restrictions on some video games. Like they couldn't have AO or M games. I, I'm not sure exactly. It, it's just yeah. coming to mind that there's some sort of legal limit on some sort of violent aspect of it that that might involve some additional work by the video game developers to uh you know, remove st- something yeah. yeah yeah so they might upcharge that for that um you know tax per se well i i don't think that gets factored in as a, as a, a fee i don't know if we talked about ratings agencies but i suggested this to a topic with dave and dave was like that would be far too dry never bring it up again so the australian rating agency <laughs> basically doesn't have a mature category so if a game would be slated as mature, say like Red Dead or GTA or something like that, GTA might be a bad example because of the hot coffee debacle. But in general, GTA hits mature. They can't sell it in Australia because it will be refused classification. Hmm. Um, just like if in the US, if you get to AO rating, you never see a game that's actually rated adults only because retailers will not pick it up. Right. Um, Steam probably would at this point because Steam is a platform de- for degeneracy. But um, in general, it's harder to get it anywhere else. Um, so, so does that mean all those games typically like just have to go digital and then don't really have physical releases? Because I don't know where I mean, else they, you'd get a physical copy outside of like a retailer like games. I mean, obviously, like Amazon or some other online company could ship it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if most people shopping in online for physical copies. Typically. Right. Yeah, in Australia, they it's actually difficult to sell the games at all if they're not classified. So uh, this has led to notable uh, censorship, such as like uh, Left 4 Dead 2 did not have zombie dismemberment in Australia, um, which 
made the game more difficult because uh, zombies cannot attack you if you cut their limbs off. <laughs> but in <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2 for Australia, you had to deplete their entire health pool. Dismembership, dismemberment didn't help you at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they must fucking hate dead you. space. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good joke. Actually, that's that's good. I think so, dead Dimush, space was. I assume you entirely haven't gone to the dead space yet. I think I've played a little bit of it. I just knew it was like the game that everybody referred to as sort of a benchmarking game because it required mm. a lot. And I believe I tried it out a couple years ago, and I I don't know why I, I dropped it, but I'm I'm somewhat familiar with it. Couldn't tell you anything about it though. It's kind of slow and old. Um, still holds up, I like think. Me. And they're also doing a remake. But one of their main selling points was you basically had to shoot off the limbs specifically to like disable or take down a monster. Hmm. So the the enemies were designed to have different attack patterns where they would extend parts of their limbs or they'd be quick and you have to like shoot off like a, a tentacle or something. That was yeah, always a had, thing. They, uh, they actually touted it as one of their like selling points at E3 or wherever they talked about it. Strategic dismemberment is what they called the system um, <laughs> because the uh, necromorphs is what they're called in the game, but space zombies essentially. And body horror stuff is like uh, super adaptive. It's like, oh, the arm. If you don't freaking care about the arm. I'm gonna just like crawl on my neck appendage thing at you, and you're like, ah, I don't want it. <laughs> but like the ear, just is it is it that precise? Okay, I'm just gonna rip this guy's earlobe off. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that much. Um, he has a hangnail. Let me uh, get that for him real quick. <laughs> put him in pain. <laughs> For like a standard like humanoid is usually like you'd take out their kneecaps, um, but they'd still like crawl after you and then you'd like shoot off an arm. That's usually enough. But if you just were like panicking and firing shots at the body, you were burning through ammo that you could not get back easily. Mm -hmm. But I assume like headshots would be the great equalizer, right? Mm -mm. Wouldn't matter. It's no. the opposite in Dead Space, yeah. The head no. is like a completely useless appendage after being transformed for a I lot of the bullets. monsters. Yeah, uh, so they had like laser weapons. Like Isaac, he plays Isaac Clark, who's an engineer, and he has like a plasma cutter. You can like fire these beams of plasma. Really good at cutting through things. Um, they kind of set him up for success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could also get like an assault rifle. And for the most part, it's kind of trash against most of the enemies. Because it's not going to take off their arms or legs to impede them. Um, so you're forced meleeed, pretty much. Well, it, it shoots like a oh, okay. beams of like a, a disc. Yeah, and you could toggle the gun between horizontal or vertical mode. Mm-hmm. So, so if you want to go like for legs, a... you try and do a horizontal sweep. Yeah. So is it like Saints Row when you can like hold your gun? horizontal yeah. and it starts <laughs> playing music in the background <laughs> kill shot it's a kill shot <laughs> yeah it's uh it's something like that they they played around with it later in the series and like you're like oh you want to upgrade your gun a lot here's a big laser a wide a thick thick plasma cutter but you can't spin it anymore that's the trade-off so like bfg pretty much uh, yeah Ooh. yeah something like that a, a, a less impactful and impressive BFG, but I get, I get what you're yes. going for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, hard to that, compare with BFG. 
that's a game I need to go back to because that was, you know, Dave, Dave put me on to doom again. And, uh, you know, I played whatever the one that came before this one was. I'm like, man, this is, this is fun. Like the, the music's going, uh, having fun, just ripping, tearing or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sequel or whatever, just the next one that the, the most recent one that came out 2016 that one, and then eternal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, that one is just like, okay, this is, this is a great follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a baby anymore. I'm not looking to go, uh, hardcore mode on anything. I'm just looking for fun. Uh, I don't need exactly a, a huge challenge to, uh, promote my self-worth, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was the, the the one scene where you get the BFG and you're like in the space center and uh-huh. uh, you just rip, sort of rip it out. I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is my new weapon now. <laughs> I, I remember these scenes and I very rarely remember things from first person shooters. But in 2016, the BFG is in this like secure chamber mm-hmm. with like laser walls and stuff like that. And you retrieve it and it's like freaking the BFG. How do they how are they going to up that for Doom Eternal? The BFG is encased in a massive cannon that is itself a literal space, like anti warship weapon. (laughs) It was the Death Star, pretty much. It was basically the Death Star. (laughs) And just such a classic scene where, like, you you, try to turn it to Mars. And uh, the Doom Slayer is like mashing the fire button, trying to like <laughs> blow a hole in Mars. And Vega is like, do you want me to disable the security controls? And he just mashes the button faster. <laughs> and Vega's then he disables the controls. And you, you know, blow a hole in Mars, but glorious. I will say the Doom Slayer is like one of those perfect examples of like a silent protagonist done right. Because mm-hmm. everything that they emote, you're like, oh. I get who that character is 100% mm-hmm. just, okay, that's who they are. And you don't need to water it down with dialogue. Like when I think it's either in 2016 or the start of eternal where he's going through one facility and he just grabs the one guy's ID while the guy's still like sitting on his office chair. He just drags <laughs> him over to the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> just it's to an get, eternal. get the access. Yeah. I, I think that's on the way to the BFG, the, uh, the, planetary station above mars yeah i should go back and play those again too those games are great there's also like there's nice storytelling in that and like all of these people are terrified of him like Mm -hmm. freaking terrified of him and they started establishing this in like the optional audio basically audio diaries you pick up in doom 2016 where you're in hell and they're like telling you the stories of the doom slayer um in the super dramatic voice but like whenever he's dealing with humans He's just like, he's not, you know, putting up with their nonsense for the most part. But he's also like, he could just like rip this guy to pieces to get his ID yeah. card. But he kind of like slowly drags him over <laughs> with by the by the lanyard. And then you have it's all these surprising. like, you know, sort of macho man aspect around him. But you you go and find like the little tiny mini action figures of himself oh, and he's yeah. like uh-huh. oh look at it's a mini version of me but i'm yellow and like the little like, yeah. the little fist bump with the, the, uh, fist the bump toy on mm-hmm. the the marine yeah i tried to collect a lot of those because like you have a toy shelf in eternal yeah. like mm-hmm. here all my collectibles mm-hmm. yeah, that's so cool who would have thought that uh doom guy was into funko pops <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Well, they had to establish a merch brand. So they get those there and then they can sell them on the side, which they're fools if they haven't done that. I assume they have. Um, Well, at least speaking of cosmetics of Doom, I remember I was really hyped when the uh, Doom X Fall Guys thing came out. Mm -hmm. They had Doom Slayer and at least one of the demons. That's pretty sick. Fall Guys kind of went towards like that Fortnite sort of role of hey yeah. uh we have all these now uh other ips coming in and you can get you know some skin that's that's tied in and that's you know it's pretty cool like if you want a little Ezio little bean you can you can mm-hmm. be that and uh it's 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 fun i've been picking that up uh recently and playing with some friends occasionally as a sort of pickup game uh Sorry that that friend wasn't Dave. Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave gestures right wild. Whatever the re- the reverse of a pop off is is what Dave just did in the background. You're telling me you have other friends? <laughs> I've played a, a couple times recently uh, with some of the, like the Dota people, but like they always add a lot of content. I don't like how microtransaction it's getting for like how you get a lot of the cosmetics now, mm-hmm. but like the gameplay itself is fun. Game's free, mm-hmm. and I would still do it with people for sure. It's a fun yeah. little quick party game playing as a beam. I never and, play uh, it, and I'm like, fuck, this game sucks. I'm always like, yeah, I'm losing. <laughs> it is a lot harder now. Like it's yeah. it's definitely grown over time to be like, okay, you guys, a lot of you guys have been playing for a couple seasons. Uh let's throw this, you know, th- there's now just uh slime climb is even worse somehow. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, it's it, that's also, you know, part of the fun as well, because you don't want it to be stagnant for your long term players, but it's still friendly enough for people who are new to to get in there and, and still have some fun. I think that's the nature of any game that can have like a competitive component. But I feel like if it's CSGO, for instance, right, people that play that a long time, they're going to they're going to destroy me. You don't even mm-hmm. have to play it a long time to destroy me. I usually kind of like Zerg Rush out of spawn, and that doesn't work in CSGO as much. But um, for the people that play, and I'm going to put this in quotes, casual games long term for years, like with a lot of time in it, mm-hmm. just disassociate from them. Like in your life, stop <laughs> being friends with them. They're dangerous. <laughs> you can't trust them. It's like um, something like Fall Guys or Among Us or like uh, what was the... Uh, the hit them with the ball and they're out game. We played dodgeball game. Oh, yeah. Um, Knockout city. Knockout city. Thank you. It's like, they're going to get really good. You know, it's, it's going to get really hard. Yeah. And the, the skill creep of a lot of games is why I haven't get, gotten sort of involved with them. Like, mm-hmm. I know you guys love melee. I won't pick. Whoa, a melee. whoa. I, it's smash. We're smash. not good. Uh, uh, okay. Games. <laughs> <laughs> But things like okay, I, I'm not gonna pick up Dota either, right? Mm-hmm. Could, That's fair. And, and it's it's just like such a uh, a cliff of mm-hmm. you go in as a newbie, and it's probably not gonna be fun for a, a little bit. It'll be better if you're coming in with friends who can sort of teach you and give you advice. But mm-hmm. if you're going in as like just solo queue. Um, that's hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why like good MMR systems really help. So you can put new players with other new players. Mm-hmm. Cause it sucks. Like if I'm a seasoned veteran and they're like, here's uh they j- this is their first time playing today. Here you go. And you're like, fuck, I got a babysit. It's yeah. less fun. 
because I'd want somebody who's on my level. And if somebody was starting out fresh, they want to start with somebody fresh. They don't have someone being like yelling at them for like doing something wrong or somebody doing something perfect on the enemy team that's just destroying them. They're not learning or having fun. Mm-hmm. So a good yeah, balancer I, is always really key. I think if 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 I were in the nebulous position of needing to find an on-ramp for Dota at this point, I would be like, play with friends, play against bots. Start with that. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. then you can actually learn how the game works before you do it. But in any situation, I didn't have a gun to my head. I wouldn't really recommend even that on-ramp. Play HOTS with me and some other people <laughs> on Discord. We've almost got a full stack at this point. Um, and half the time we play against bots anyways. And see, that's I think HOTS would be more friendly to me mm-hmm. uh, just because I'm familiar familiar with a lot of the characters in it. I know like League and Dota, they can have a ton of new characters. Well, you know, it's an entirely new game to me. I'm coming off with zero skill. But uh, going into HOTS, it's like, okay, I know who D.Va is. Right. I'm generally familiar. They're, the kit's not going to be exactly the same, but you're going to you know, sort of get the picture. Yeah, um, there's a familiarity and, to the play style. If you're yeah. like, oh, this is so-and-so from Warcraft. I, I can remember what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so, other... Yeah. The other advantage to it right now is I think as of the last episode or the episode right prior to that, Blizzard officially put it on long-term support. Um, So much like people who wait to read a series until all of the books are released, HOTS is not going to (laughs) change. Like They're not going to add heroes. They're not going to add maps. There's not going to be anything new to learn. They gave everybody a mount and then just closed the door. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe I'll, I'll look into that. I'll take that as a hard commit. I, no. I will say if you're looking for that type of game, Hots is definitely the easiest one to get into and has like mm-hmm. the least cliff, uh, as you put it, because there's there's no items. There's not like denying or anything. It's just here's your character. Mm-hmm. Here's your abilities. Go kill stuff with your team. So it's pretty nice at that. Yeah, it's a shame. It's an, an absolute shame that like Blizzard mishandled it as much as they did because um, there's still stuff I love about it. they have a good track record with everything and the things that they handle they should not be handling but Uh, i'm getting i'm getting the eyes from dave yeah yeah elon musk joke (laughs) (laughs) yeah um looking forward to overwatch too though you know hopefully that's good (laughs) i'm not i don't know we'll see what it is yeah i'm i don't have beta access right now i don't either so it's it's it is what it is when it comes out will i play it yeah will i be happy yeah it's with <laughs> you guys probably but yeah. playing on my own that's not gonna happen most likely i will so. i will play at least once mm-hmm. with people on if like I'm friday night if i'm feeling oddly social or if somebody forces me to at a land party i'll do overwatch too that's the thing uh, it'll actually be slightly more convenient for land party if we did have everybody in it because we never really had enough to grab 12 people mm-hmm. but we 10. could probably get close to 10 yeah, yeah. oh because they changed the uh, the party size or the or team just size the, yeah, yeah. Play, yeah the team size yeah i i miss the idea of doing lobbies because like we always mm-hmm. had enough people for tf2 but i've never loved that game once in my life <laughs> so it would be so much more acceptable if we could do something like overwatch or another type of game mm-hmm. it is just go full t- on friends v friends TF2 is like an obligation at LAN for me as well. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go 
uh, you know, doc or uh, engineer, and uh, eventually just get sniped by Jake eleven times, and then people <laughs> get uh, a. <laughs> it's more get Justin that. than me. I don't. I don't play that much sniper. It, it's either Jake's well, usually spy. Spy, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, I'll, I'll play it just for traditional sake, but. It's not yeah. going to last longer than half an hour. <laughs> it's it's playing it's paying homage to like the previous generation at this point, right? You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, the greatest generation were obviously the people playing DF two back in the day. So yeah, we'll pay lip service. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I also get to the point where I try some different classes early on in in the, in the session to not like be pure toxicity. But then Ian and I have this like unspoken agreement where he's like, I'm done. I'm going to play engineer in a hard turtle. And I'm like, I'll help you kill this lobby and go spy. And between the two of us, there's no fun to be had (laughs) for us or anyone else. Um, I will say I do like that transition, though. Like I was recently playing Soul Calibur 3 with one of my buddies, Chad. And like we grew up playing Soul Calibur 3 together. He first picked up Astaroth and kicked my ass. And I was like... I'll see you in a week. And I secretly mm. practiced the fuck out of the character. Um, so it's good to like go back and play each other again. Uh, but like we were playing some games the other night and like you just, you pick some like random characters. You're like, oh, it's been a bit. Let's see what's up. And then you get to that point. You're like, you like you lean forward. You're like, all right, I'm picking my main. And you just, you <laughs> go to dominate the fucking person to like prove your point. I love that, that mental switch. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But then you switch your main and then you still get slaughtered and you're like, not ah, crap. <laughs> we should try this other game. I picked up Mortal Kombat 11. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the good. That's the good thing about Smash, though, is the game has over a hundred characters. I think at this point, or close to it. Yeah. Um. And uh, if ever you're like, I'm oppressively good with this, or I feel like I've mastered this, and you never feel like that, really. But if you're like, I'm doing too well with this, you can always switch to someone you're a little bit less comfortable with and grind them out a bit more. Um, for friendlies i don't find myself in this position much because dave's just generally better than me but we got to the last match was within seven kills at the the 100 uh game mark i think something like that it was close you know you say there's 100 characters but my limited experience with smash is that i only see jigglypuff and Star Fox. (laughs) that's definitely melee Yeah, Ultimate has a maybe eventually it'll get to the point where the meta is refined to that. But I was watching um, this is mostly more of a comment for Dave, I guess. But <laughs> I was watching Riddles versus someone else in a tournament mm-hmm. and Riddles was on Kazia and the other guy is Doctor or something. He, he was playing Incineroar and he three stocked Riddles on game one, which means for the the people out there in the audience uh me riddles got no kills <laughs> he so just he switched, died <laughs> he switched to richter <laughs> and you know ran it back but um and then come can't did come back with kazi to win the set but uh there's so many viable characters right now it's pretty crazy i can get that that can be fun but uh Wa- waluigi yeah Hello? that's what <laughs> <laughs> I will occasionally play Mario, but just pick the purple skin. Oh. Yeah. That's the closest we got right now. Wait, is, is Luigi in the game? He is. Luigi. Why would, Luigi why would is you pick two. Luigi? Doesn't I suck he have with a purple Luigi. Skin? <laughs> he, he does. He does. Okay. And okay. I will I will play purple Luigi, but like I I'm trash with trash with Luigi. Mm-hmm. 
spamming yeah. side B's, hoping for a misfire. He was a uh, secret character in Smash in 64 all the way back then. Um, that's I how early the on. game was. Uh, so I think it was random past a point. I could be wrong on this because the unlock methods have changed uh, as time goes on. And ultimate, like if you do the campaign, you can actually unlock the characters by beating them in uh, World of Light campaign. But I think for N64, after each match, there was a chance you'd get Challenger approaching. And mm. then you have to defeat him. Now they're unlocked. And that's such like a fun little mechanic. I feel like we've kind of lost a lot of these uh, sort sort of uh, just fun little um, extras in games anymore. Because it's like, hey, we put in the work. You're either going to pay for it or you know, we're not going to do the work. But, you know, I, I booted up like Tony Hawk the other uh, week. And I forgot there was like all these little little cheat modes like big head mode and oh, you yeah. can unlock like uh, Iron Man and whatnot. It's like man, that's that's fun. Like it's like those games have always been um, little creative with uh, their extras. But I don't know. I feel like we've sort of lost that little spark of joy that we'd used to get. It's because they want money now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think that's that's a big part of it. Um, if you're doing games as a service, then why are you not charging people for your Easter egg type content? But also the other factor, I think, is games take a long time to develop now. And mm-hmm. um, uh, combine that with crunch and like who <laughs> in the last year of development when they're pulling 60 hour weeks are going to be like, we should add some Easter eggs. <laughs> you know, like this is the right time. <laughs> but like um, there, there's that, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business and like you're trying to get sales and, and, and whatever. But <laughs> something like that is sort of just like gamer goodwill that like mm-hmm. your audience is going to remember and you're going to have a longer success pattern if the game does, you know, pick up. So, mm-hmm. you know, from a very business-like standpoint, yeah, we don't want to, put in an extra you know month into building out some little dinky items but that month may like uh, accrue some some goodwill with your audience that would gain dividends over time for the series as a whole um so yeah is, is it an investment it could be you know it just depends on you know who's running the show but i don't know if the the quantitative people who the the bean counters who are like moving dollars from one pile to another have put mm-hmm. a dollar we amount. About on Fall like... Guys again? <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually like forty to sixty, I think. Uh-huh. But like putting it on putting a value to um, brand loyalty, for instance, right? Like I don't think Bethesda calculated how much it was going to cost them in brand loyalty when they released Fallout seventy six, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Or Konami doesn't even care about that metric, but if they did, they probably wouldn't have released metal gear survive right and then charge people for save slots Um, like these are the opposite side of the situation you're describing where people are putting fun things in the game that you can just experience and people will appreciate it what we're also sort of uh getting to is triple a gaming you know services versus someone who might be maybe a a small indie group those are the people who are probably going to do those little bonuses because you know it's a it's a personal project they have they have more to gain and you know more time because they're not you know on salary for the most part but uh, and and that's why you know 
people should appreciate uh, indie games as a whole and not just write them off just because, you know, maybe they only sold 10,000 copies and they're not huge on Steam, but you're going to get that little uh, extra that you won't get from the, the big publishers. Yeah. Would you say heart matters, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will again remark. All right, Dave showed his tattoo. It said stay determined with a with a heart and an arrow. <laughs> from Undertale. From Undertale. Mm-hmm. Toby Fox. Toby Fox. That's to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> this guy yeah. fucks. That's definitely an example of an indie developer who sold more than 10,000 copies, though. Um, he could have stopped forever and he would have been fine. <laughs> he could live off merch for the next 200 years. Um, but yeah. That's a good topic. Good topic, Ender. You guys have any words of wisdom for our listeners before we close this one out? Hmm. Let me defer to Dave first while I think. Okay. That's when these temperatures get so hot, be sure to be mindful of certain surfaces, specifically plastic or metal slides. Metal slides can typically get up to 40 degrees past what the air temperature says for the outside. Mm-hmm. So please be safe with your children and small pets. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. I actually stole it from the radio the other day. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm going to memorize that. Well, I don't have any children to be endangered by metal slides, but that's good. Yeah. Uh, Stay hydrated. Um, Say hello to someone you haven't talked to in a while. Maintain those friendships and uh, be good to each other. That's good. And that's touching. So I have to go the ironic route, start a podcast. That's my life advice. Um, to circle back to the friend friendly thing uh force your friends to be guests on it thank you to mooch once more for coming out being a guest on soapstone always glad to have you yeah, um, thanks for coming out man yeah thanks guys i'll see you probably next year <laughs> hopefully before <laughs> before then um but maybe for the podcast we'll see we'll we'll bump some people off the list or something <laughs> fair um, enough if you guys have suggestions, for, no, not actually bumping people off the list, but you have suggestions for future episodes or um, ideas, you know, for advice we should probably give at the end of the episode. Maybe you need advice. Uh, we can provide that. Not in any meaningful, useful capacity, but in a technical capacity. Uh, send those questions in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Love you. Bye.